nursery and our, our Sunday school department and our youth departments, uh, we don't just have babysitters. I said, we don't just have babysitters. We have ministers. And they minister to your kids. They minister to your children. They minister to your youth, praise God. And so we are grateful for everybody that takes the time, amen, to put forth energy to, to, to somehow reach our kids in a special way, praise God. And so we are grateful for each and every person uh, that gets involved with our uh, Sunday school and youth departments and our nursery departments, praise God. So are you excited about what God's doing? Yeah. I said, are you excited about what God's doing? All right, praise the Lord. We are uh, we're going to go to First Kings uh, today. First Kings is where we're going to start. First Kings in chapter seventeen. Amen. We have over the last um, several weeks, we kind of started moving our. Um, uh, we have well, let's back up here a bit. For the whole year, our midweek service has been ministering on the restoration of all things. And based on a word of the Lord we had early in the year, or actually as the year was coming into the new year, and uh, we've had many confirmations since then. Um, and so we just started following the Lord and just ministering about it. What does that mean? And so every week it's like the Spirit of God is, uh, begins to show you more and, and reveal more, and more and more uh, miracles, more and more signs, more and more wonders, more and more breakthroughs. Hallelujah. And we've only just begun. And so about uh, a few weeks back, kind of just felt in our heart, uh, actually it pretty much probably started when, when Reverend Webb was here and he ministered on restoration. It was kind of the thing that he felt in his heart to minister and not knowing what we were uh, already moving towards. And so really it was a huge confirmation and really it was a real boost in the arm, so to speak, praise God, uh, with what he had to say and speak. And so we from there then began to move into our Sunday services, some things about restoration. And so, uh, as I said uh, earlier before the prayer line, uh, that restoration um, really is not just about restoring things as you had it. Because there might be some things in your life you want restored, and there might be some things in your life you don't want restored. Uh, depending on what we're talking about, right? So I'm not really referring to you know, just bringing things back to some way it used to be in your life. What we're talking about, he talks about the restoration of all things, which means bringing in divine order, bringing in the signs, the wonders, the miracles, bringing in everything and making it the way God had intended it to be. Amen. So that means, uh, you know, probably a whole lot better than anything you've experienced thus far. Praise God. So we're moving toward that and speaking toward that. So what I've been doing on Sunday services is talking about really, in a sense, positioning ourselves, amen, preparing ourselves and positioning ourselves to receive that, praise God. And so started off talking about, uh, you know, really you're going to have to have, uh, you know, you can't allow the enemy to come in and complicate everything. It's not hard. Hello, somebody. It's not hard. You know, sometimes we try to analyze and reason everything, and pretty soon you lost, you lost its meaning, you lost its depth, you've lost its power, and uh, we're, not, we're not talking about, you know, so we started off talking this, God is good, period. God is good, the devil's bad, and the scriptures warn you don't mix the two. Don't call what's good bad and what's bad good. It ain't good. <laughs> All right. All right. And so what happens is over the years, 
a lot of that stuff has got uh, complicated. A lot of that stuff has got distorted. A lot of that stuff, the enemy's come in and, and got everything all, you know, messed up and muddied the waters. And pretty soon you got people thinking that something bad was God and something good was the devil. And pfft. so let's just settle it right now. God, good. devil, Bad. devil, Bad. God, good. not hard. About as simple as it gets. And in that same uh, text, we started talking about how God, there is nothing impossible with God. So that good God that we serve, that good God that we love, that good God that we worship, praise God, nothing is impossible for Him. Nothing is too hard for Him. And the Scriptures are clear that nothing is impossible to those who believe. So I want to know, is there any believers in the house today? All right, come on. Any believers in the house today? All right, praise God. So we began then to talk about uh, also another thing about uh, believing and receiving and what that means. Positioning yourself, amen. Believe and not just believe, but we got a purpose to receive, amen. And when you position yourself to believe and receive, guess what? You position yourself, amen, for the restoration of all things, amen. We also talked about sowing and reaping. I think that was last week. Am I, am I right on that? Last week we talked about sowing and reaping and what that means. And so we talked about how that fits in here is the fact that what you, you have to understand that everything you do is like seed being sown. So what you sow in your heart, taking that word of God and sowing that seed in your heart, amen, moves you towards something. It can produce a harvest. What you speak out your mouth is like seed. So what are you sowing? What are you speaking? What are, you, what are you doing? How are you acting? How are you reacting? All of those things, if you begin to see them as seed, you'll understand, praise God, that there's something going to happen. See, there is not only sowing time or seed time, there is also reaping time. And what you sow, you will reap. And he said this, don't be deceived. For God is not mocked for whatsoever a man or a woman sows. That shall they also reap. And as long as you understand that, amen, then you start purposing to sow good seed. I'm sowing toward the harvest I want. I'm sowing towards what I'd like to see happen in my life, what I'd like to see change in my life. If you want relationships restored, then sow something good toward relationships. Amen. If you want friends, what do you got to do? You got to be friendly. Who would have thought, right? Right? Amen. You want increase of finance and you sow toward that. Praise God. You want increase of health? Then I believe you can sow toward that. Amen. Start praying for somebody that needs uh, healing in their body. Amen. You might be amazed at how God, just because you purpose to sow toward it, what God starts doing on your behalf. Praise God. Now again, we're positioning ourselves for the restoration of all things. Amen. Setting ourselves up for it. Praise God. So today we're going to start in 1 Kings in chapter 17. And we're going to talk today about hearing and obeying. You know, God's talking. I said, how many know God's talking? Now God needs you to hear and listen, praise God. Then, not only listen, He needs you to follow it, praise God. So we're going to start with the story of one of the, they refer to him as one of the greatest prophets, amen. His name's Elijah, amen. He kind of just comes on the scene here in 1 Kings in 17. And it says this, that Elijah the Tishbite. So I had to look up a Tishbite. What's a Tishbite? Well, it's uh, from a town called Tishbe, okay? Tishbe, all right? So he's from Tishbe, this guy from Tishbe. 
An unknown guy comes on the scene from an unknown place, basically, just a small little community, and really most maps don't even show Tishbe. You know? And so I don't even think Tishbe's around now. But Tishbe was a place. And a guy came from Tishbe who was a Tishbite. His name was Elijah, who God used in a mighty way. So this Elijah, the Tishbite, of the inhabitants of Gilead, which of course is a, a region east of the Jordan, okay? So that whole region there east of the Jordan is called Gilead, okay? And he said to King Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives, now obviously he was told by God to do this, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Now how many know that's pretty unusual? I said, that's pretty unusual. That's kind of almost uncanny. A guy to show up in front of the king. Somehow he gets, gets uh, you know, an, uh, an audience with the king and basically shows up and says, here's the deal. There'll be no more rain till I say there will be. Have a good day. And he walks out. Okay. Now the word of the Lord came to him again, saying, verse 3, please, get away from here. <laughs> probably in a hurry. Get away from here and turn eastward. Everybody say eastward. eastward. Well, what if, you know, what if the weather don't look right eastward? Doesn't matter. You're supposed to go eastward. So the word of the Lord said, turn from here, amen, or, or go from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith which flows into the Jordan. Now, he knew where the brook Cherith was. The brook Cherith, uh, also on that same uh, map, it's not too far from Tishbe, all right? That's where the, that, that brook is that flows into the Jordan. So he's supposed to go to that brook. He knew where he's supposed to go. Amen. God said a specific spot, go there. Why? Well, he said, and I will be, or pardon me, it will be that you shall drink from the brook. Here we go. And I've commanded the ravens, to feed you there. Years ago, um, uh, John Osteen, uh, a mighty man, uh, uh, really a general in the kingdom, and went home to be with the Lord you know, some years back, obviously, but uh, um, he wrote a, a, a book years ago called A Place Called There. A powerful little book, just a little booklet, but it, it had to do with this story. And basically letting it be known that your provision is where God sends you. God says, go there. That's where you go. Amen. He knew right where he was supposed to go. Amen. And he knew right where he's supposed to be at on the brook. Amen. He didn't want you on the other side of the brook. He wanted you on this side of the brook. Why? Because that's where you're going to be ministered to. Come on, somebody. That's where the needs are going to be. Amen. Well, God's talking. He's still talking. The scriptures are clear, amen, uh, today if you will hear his voice. And the whole, signif whole thing signifying that every day God's communicating, if you'll listen. Well, this man obviously was listening. And so he, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord. Everybody say he went and did. Now that's pretty significant because not everybody does. I said not everybody does. A lot of people know what they should do. But not everybody does do or does, bad English, anyway, not everybody does what they should do. All right. 
So I think it's valid. So he went and he did according to what? The word of the Lord. We could say the voice of the Lord. And so he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. Verse 6. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning. Now, how many know this is kind of unusual? Does anybody know anything about ravens? You know, ravens like a, like a big old crow, you know, but, it, but about twice the size or maybe even three times the size. Years ago, I had a raven that landed in our backyard up on the, uh, our kids had this kind of this jungle gym thing, and this raven landed, landed up on top of this thing, just sat there, this big old massive black bird. And uh, I'm sitting there looking out our back, you know, glass door, looking at this thing, thinking, dang, that's a big old bird. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and so I uh, walked out the thing, standing out there, and I think Trudy actually came out too. We're standing out on the deck and still just sitting there looking at us. So I went out into the yard and it just kept looking at us. So I went up to the jungle gym and it kept looking at me. And so then I went up the steps of this jungle gym and it just kept looking at me, just staring at me. And uh, got real close to it, close enough that I, I, I could touch its feet. Let me, it let me that close. And then it brought its beak down like, that's enough. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's, one touch, that's enough, dude. Don't get handsy with me. Yeah. And so it, then, you know, it kind of got a little, little nervous, I guess, and it, it jumped over onto the playhouse and got away, so I it couldn't get up there, but... But I uh, just thought it was kind of amazing, this big old thing. And it just, you know. Now, a raven is um, it's named because it's ravenous or um, it, it's, it plunders. Okay? Um, you know, it's, it's a bird that it doesn't share. So God picked an unusual man from an unusual place to do an unusual task then sent him to an unusual place for source to meet every need and use an unusual source to do it. Yeah. Raven. Something that you would think, it ain't going to share. If anything, it's going to eat it. Yeah. If there's bread and meat to be ate, that raven is going to eat it. Roadkill and all, it doesn't matter. But God commissioned ravens to bring, He didn't just say, you know, hopefully they'll bring something, like a dead carcass or something. No, the raven was instructed to bring bread and to bring meat in the morning, not just one time, but also in the evening. So, the prophet of God sitting by the brook. He's drinking from the brook. Here come the birds again. Swoop in, drop bread, drop meat, go off again. Now, we don't totally know where, you know, where, he's, uh, where these birds are getting it. But, you know, I, I, I like to think that, you know, they're getting them from King Ahab. That'd be my, you know, that, that'd be the coolest, right? Because King Ahab, they, all of his servants bring out food and, and they all, you know, get the table all prepped and everything out. Here's the, the meat and taters and, the, uh, you know, the pancakes and the biscuits and gravy. and the... Okay, get your own picture. But anyway, amen. Good old, nice, crisp, thick bacon. Woo! 
Okay, maybe that didn't happen. But anyway, the point is, these birds swoop in, load up, and head out. These guys are probably shooing birds off. What in the world are these birds coming from? And where are they going? Come in by morning, come in by evening. And they knew right where they were going because they were commissioned by God to do it. Now that man's needs were met because he went where he was supposed to go. Are you hearing me? Verse, I mean, you know, he could have went and said, I don't like the brook, Cherith. I want to go by this other brook. And he could have been sitting over there starving. And the whole time birds are bringing food and dropping it here by Cherith. Are you still hearing me? Because that's where God said to be. This ain't deep. There's nothing deep about this message. But if we don't watch it, we complicate it. Simple. God always, simple things. Simple things. I want you every day to march around this city. On the seventh day, you march around it seven times. When you're done marching around it on the seventh time, you will blow the trumpets and the ram's horns, and then you will shout a shout of victory. And when you do, the walls will come down. Was there anything complicated about that? Now, one thing complicated about that. But isn't it amazing how our head will get to us? Come on, somebody. How our emotions and our feelings will somehow make it complicated. Come on, somebody. But there's nothing complicated about it. And when they did what they were supposed to do, and of course, uh, you know, uh, in that particular story, that was Joshua, of course. And Joshua told them, nobody say anything either for seven days. Don't you dare talk. As soon as you do, we're going to blow this thing. So, amen. How about this? Go show yourself to the priest. Remember when the lepers came to Jesus? Nothing complicated about it. Go show yourself to the priest. Well, they could say, well, we're not even allowed in the city. Go show yourself to the priest. Remember the guy sitting by the, the bull, Bethesda? And he said, rise up. Take up your bed and walk. What was that? Simple instruction. Nothing complicated about it. But if you don't watch it, pretty soon you're going to, come on, you're going to talk yourself out of it. You'll complicate it. Well, now, wait a minute. No. Rise up. Pick up your bed, because we don't want to leave that. Now, leave. Nothing complicated. Do you know that when you go all the way through the instructions of the Lord, nothing has ever been complicated? Let me, get, let me throw one at you. Offer up your only begotten son. Offer up, amen, your promised son on the altar. Wait a minute, pastor. That's a big one. Well, according to Abraham, it really wasn't. Because he had a revelation that this was the promised child. The father is not going to take the promised child from me. Because he promised. He had such a revelation of it that he was willing to offer up the son, burn him on the altar as, as a burnt sacrifice, knowing, the scripture says this, knowing that God was going to raise that kid up from the ashes and he was going to get to see a miracle. Whew. 
Somebody say, well, that'd be hard. No, it's only because your head doesn't want it to, to be easy. Come on, your emotions and your feelings get caught up in it. Is anybody hearing me today? Listen, I'm, all I'm trying to show you is everything God ever walks anybody through, it's always simple things. Here's a simple one. Shut up. <laughs> is there anything complicated about that? Well, wait a minute. Somebody's got to give them a peace of, my, a peace of mind, you know. But there's nothing complicated about the instruction. Are you still with me? Go to the brook. Stay there. The ravens will bring you food. So it said it happened after a while, the brook then began to dry up because there had been no rain in the land. Well, duh. So I don't know how long. We don't really know how long it took. You know, was it, was it a week? Was it a month? Six months? Don't know. But it said, then the word of the Lord came to him again, right? Saying, verse 9, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon. Now, what that means is Zarephath, he's talking about Zarephath, the, really it's a subdivision of, of Sidon. See, it's right up alongside Sidon there. Okay? Now, they make that clear because there's another community that's real close to Zarephath. It's not, not pronounced the same way, but it's kind of real close. They're letting it be known that it's by Sidon. So Sidon and where he was at, the brook, is quite a distance. It's not like it's just a, you know, a little you know, two-mile jaunt. It's a lot of miles. So he says, now I want you to go to Zarephath, the one by Sidon. Because if you go there, everybody say there, there, and dwell there, see, in other words, can you see it? I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. Well, a widow woman? Ravens? Listen, a lot of unusual things. And a lot of times, God, when He talks to you, it may be unusual things, but it's not complicated. So arise, what do I do? Well, what should I do? I just don't. How about arise? Get off your fanny. Start heading towards Zarephath. Is there anything complicated about that? Nothing complicated unless you sit there and go, Zarephath, I happen to know some people there. That's a crazy town. And Sidon? Oh, my gosh. You want me to? (sighs) Jonah, knock it off. So, obviously, the man of God didn't argue with it. He arose and he went there, right? He went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, hey! (laughs) Like God said, there was a widow woman there. And it said, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, how about um, make me a cake? I'm, you know, you look like a, you'd be pretty good in the kitchen. Why don't you go make me a cake too? I'm kind of hungry. All right, verse 12. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little, little oil in the jar. And see, I've, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and, and, and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. That just sounds encouraging, <laughs> doesn't it? Oh, yeah, great. We're already going to die. Now I've got to die a few minutes earlier. All right, let's go to the next one here. 
So Elijah said to her, do not fear. Why would he say that to her? But why would he? How did he know? Huh? Because God said, if you go there, I will take care of you, and a widow woman is going to be the one to do it. So he knew, I'm here, standing by the widow woman, meaning we are not going to run out of anything. So do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me, I love this, you know, make me a small cake uh, from it first and bring it to me and afterward uh, make some for yourself and your son. Now you think a guy's being selfish, but it's, it's just, it's all a part of it. Amen. God set it up. Listen, you take care of the man of God. God takes care of you. That's what's happening here. Okay, verse 14. For thus says the Lord, I love this, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Done. Everybody say done. Okay. So, read, give me another, I like two, two more verses here I want to read. Uh, so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he uh, and her household ate for many days, praise God. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Now, why did all that happen? Because the word of the Lord, a simple instruction... And if you follow a simple instruction, you get the results. Come on, somebody. If God says, be quiet, it'd be good for you to be quiet. If God said, speak that, it'd be good for you to speak that. If God says, go here, it'd be good for you to go here. If God says, don't go here, it'd be good for you not to go here or there. Proper English, I guess. But the point being is following God, hearing and following, hearing and obeying. Are you still with me? All right. This isn't deep. Uh, put Hebrews 12 and 25. Put that on the board. It says this. This is uh, toward the end of, of course, the book of Hebrews. And, and through Hebrews, he's talking about, uh, you know, him communicating. It says, you know, today if you'll hear his voice in chapter 3 and chapter 4. And uh, so, you know, he's talking and communicating uh, to you and me every day. And he says this. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not, talking about the children of Israel in context, for if the children of Israel did not escape who refused Him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from Him who speaks from heaven. In other words, they got certain results because they wouldn't follow when God spoke. And they got certain results because they wouldn't follow the simple instructions. The simple instructions. They wouldn't follow. So what happens is, they roam around a wilderness for 40 years. It was never the intention of God for them to roam around a wilderness for 40 years. The scriptures are clear. He called them unto the mount of God to worship. When they were done worshiping, the word says this, it was only an 11-day journey from that place to where they could look over into the promised land. 11 days that took 40 years. Why? They kept refusing the one that would speak. They kept saying, oh, Moses, you deal with it. Moses, you deal with it. 
And every time God would do something, they'd grumble, they'd gripe, they'd complain. I don't want to be guilty of that mess. Anybody else in agreement with that? Amen. Okay, put uh, John 10.10 on the board. We're just going to kind of cruise through a section here real quick. All right, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what the thief does. I said, that's what the thief does. Don't confuse it. That's what the thief does. Kills, steals, destroys. Come on. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. That's Zoe life, right? And that they may have it, what, more abundant. I kind of like, like the more abundant stuff. Amen. Anybody in agreement with that? In fact, I always like to say, which side of the comma are you going to live on? You know, uh, have life, comma, or life more abundant. I choose this side of the comma. Come on, somebody. Anyway, just a, just a thought. Now, the reason I read this is because this right here, talking about a, an abundant life that you can live, is sandwiched with something. Okay? Uh, put like verse 3 up there in chapter 10. This is John 10 again. Verse 3 said this, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. In other words, it's always personal. How many know God knows your name? Come on. And how many know, come on, he's talking to each one of us by name. Amen. So he's not going to, he's not just going to, you know, lead you just through me. I mean, I got to do my part. Amen. If there's a part of my life that's going to feed into your life to help, that's good. But he's not just looking for me to be the one that leads you everywhere you go and everything you do. God wants to personally talk and communicate. Otherwise, I just become your Moses and you cruise around in your wilderness for 40 years. Well, I won't do it. Sorry. If you want to cruise around the wilderness for 40 years, go at it, but leave me alone. Come on. Are you hearing me? All right. Now, to him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he what? Leads them out, okay? That's never changed. Verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Look at your neighbor and say, his sheep know his voice. Well, you got you to kind of get a hold of that because we start talking about following his voice or following when he leads and guides, and we, we want to instantly say, well, I never hear anything. God never talks to me. He's talking all the time. And his sheep know his voice. All right, let's go to the next verse. Verse 5. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will, in other words, that word literally means another, the voice of another, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now that's, that's you and me. So according to this text, his sheep, Know his voice, his sheep hear his voice, his sheep follow his voice. Look at your neighbor and say, That'd be you, you're, one, you're, a, you're a sheep. That was real weak. Look at your neighbor and say, You're a blue ribbon sheep. That's right. That's right. Amen. Uh, put uh, like, uh, let's go the other side, go, uh, verse 27, put that on the board. So, you know, this is later on in the chapter. He says, my sheep, he's still talking it. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, the reason I read that is because I like abundant life. Just something about abundant life. It's just like, yes! 
That's what I want in every area of my life. I don't want to miss out. I want abundant life. I want things to work. I want to be in the right place at the right time. I want to actually get results when I pray. I want to actually, you know, when I'm going along with everyday life, I want to see things happen like the books say it could happen. Anybody else with me? Okay, so that means, okay, a big part of this has to do with hearing and following. Because you can't go along saying, I'm not going to listen and I'm not going to follow and think that abundant life is going to manifest for you. It is not going to happen. Don't think. That's what he said there in Hebrews 12. You know, don't think that, you know, you going along and doing what the children of Israel did, thinking you're going to get a different result. It isn't going to happen. You get the same results because you refuse to listen and to follow. Anybody hearing me? Again, never, there's never a complicated instruction. Unless you sit and you try to reason it or analyze it or let your emotions and your feelings get in the way of it. It's always something so simple. All he wants, follow this. Why? Because it positions you for something. What do you want? What do you need? Well, then follow when I lead. And I will position you to have it. That's why, listen, the scripture says this. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. What things? Well, just listen to them all. All those things the Gentiles seek after. They all chase after and want. They all try to get it. And everybody, oh, I just, oh, I just got to, I got to go get that. And pretty soon, you know what? You're thinking the same thing. Oh, I just got to go get it. I just got to go have it. God said, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, time out breaks. Breaks. I'll bring all that to you. So all I'm asking Follow me. Seek me. And all those things will seek you. See, they'll come to you. They'll chase you. But he said, in order for that to happen, you have to chase after me. Follow me. Seek me. And all those other things will come your way. Abundant life. I said abundant life. Um. Let's look at it from a kind of a different perspective here. Put, uh, I think it's John 3, no, John 4, there, John 4, 34. Thank you very much. Thank you. Glad we wrote it down up there. Uh, he said this, my food, this is Jesus now. He's talking to, uh, to the disciples. They came back. There's a whole thing with the woman at the well. He's talking, blah, 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 blah. The boys come back from town. All right, anyway, he says this, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. My food literally means my sustenance. My nourishment, what sustains me. Well, what sustains you, Jesus? Hearing and doing. I follow. I do the will of Him who sent me, and I finish, amen, His work. Okay, we're, we're in John. Let's, uh, or, well, maybe, we're, maybe you're not in John, but I'm in John. Anyway, uh, John uh, 5, thank you. Jesus answered and said this. Now, this, this all fits. I just want to show you. This is how it worked. This is why Jesus was always in the right place at the right time. This is why Jesus had success. So, well, he had success because he's the son of God. Wrong. 
84 times in the Gospels, he referred to himself as the Son of Man. Yes, he was the Son of God. Yes, the Savior. Yes, the Lamb of God. We're not taken away. But everything worked as a man. Because if it didn't, he couldn't turn around and tell us, all the same works that I do shall you do, and greater works than these shall you do. Everything, how it works for me is how it works for you. Well, how did it work for you, Jesus? Let me show you. Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of Himself. But what He sees the Father do, for whatever He does, the Son also does in like manner. Now, the Scripture says in Proverbs that He's made your eyes to see and your ears to hear. He's not talking about physically. He's talking about spiritually. So Jesus was able to see every time He saw the Father do something by the Spirit, He'd follow it because that was an instruction. All right, how about this? Verse 30, put that one on. We'll just kind of jump around here. I can't of myself do nothing as I hear. Okay, now He's talking about things when God speaks. God's talking. God's... So not only is he seeing things, he's also hearing things. Come on, somebody. As I hear, I judge. In other words, I make a judgment call. And my judgment is righteous, or it's right, or it bears, it bears fruit. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. Why? Because I heard. God said, do this. God said, say this. God said, go here. God said, don't do that. God said, do this. So I hear, I follow that. My judgment's right. Praise God. I follow. What happens? It manifests. How come he didn't raise everybody from the dead? How come he didn't always walk on the water? How come he didn't always uh, minister to the blind? How come he didn't always minister? How come the pool of Bethesda, which was surrounded with sick people, he only ministered to one? But everything he did, he was successful. And it bore fruit. Every single time. Why? Because he saw and he heard. So what is he asking? Us to do the same thing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will. Oh, ouch. That could be a problem if we're seeking our own will. But he said, I, I'm not seeking my own will. Now, we know he had a will because he said, listen, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Lord, not my will. <laughs> <laughs> but yours be done. Whew. What's that mean? If it was up to me, I think I'd skip this part. Huh? Rightfully so, huh? Not my will. Yours be done. So Jesus had a will. Even at the time when everything's going on, he said, I could, if I wanted to right now, I could call down legions of angels. Take me out of here. You're all on your own. You think after all he was putting up with and all the orneriness and, and all the stuff that people did constantly trying to help people and they'd spit on him and do things and you think he finally said, you know what, I'm out of here. But he didn't. Why? Because he's not seeking his own will. What's he seeking? The will of the Father. So God's communicating somehow or through things he shows, through things he says, and that's what he follows. Give me, a, I think it's chapter 12. Put, thank you. Uh, chapter 12 of John, verse 49 says, For I have not spoken on my own authority. 
Well, there's a lot of things he said. But he said, I'm not speaking those things on my own authority. But the Father who sent me. Yeah. The Father who sent me gave me a command or an utterance is what it means. An utterance. What I should say and what I should speak. Verse 50. And I know that His command, His utterance, is everlasting life. It literally just means a, a, a quantity and quality of life. Amen. That Zoe life is attached to it. I know that His command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Remember when John the Baptist was beheaded? It was disgusting how it all went down. We're talking about a, a, a family member of Jesus, okay? And, you know, close. And, and Jesus even referred to him as the greatest of, 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 the, of the prophets. Are you hearing me? And uh, that whole thing went down. What did Jesus do? The Word says he went off to a deserted place. Why? Because right now I want to say something I probably better not say. Right now I want to do something that I probably better not do. Right now, my will would be, I'm going to take that man out. You think, oh, Pastor. He's just as, he was just as human as you were. Somebody did that to a, a loved one, somebody that was that dear to him, and what all he did. Come on, somebody. And then this, this ridiculous way of, of taking his life. It was horrible and uncalled for. So what did Jesus do? Went off to a deserted place. Why? To hear God. I said to hear God. To follow God. So what happened? Well, it was just a few seconds later or a little bit later. Here come all the people saw him going up to a deserted place and they all started following him. What did he do? He turns and he begins to minister unto them. Amen. I'm just trying to show you. The same God that led the prophets, the same God that led our patriarchs of faith, the same God that led our Master and Savior is the same God trying to lead you and me every day. And if we will hear and we will follow, and you can't go out of here saying, I just can't hear. No, are you His sheep? If you're not, let's make that done. Let's get her done. If you're His sheep, then His sheep know His voice. They hear His voice, and they follow His voice. Still with me? Yeah. All right. Am I too intense today? No. I know last week I was a little intense. So you all did okay. You came back. That was amazing. I know some days I get intense. and you know. But uh, anyway, hallelujah. Um, let's see here. Do I want to skip all? Let's see here. I'll tell you what. Let's put, um, put Isaiah 50. Put that one on the board. Okay, uh, I love this just because, you know, here's another thing about this thing about you say, well, I just, you know, I can't, you know, hear God or whatever. Uh, well, first off, you're a sheep, so stop saying you can't hear. Amen, because you can. Amen, we just got to get you, get, you, get you trained. Come on. The Lord God has given me, I love this, the tongue of the learned that I should know how, how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. And look, at he also awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. I claim that. 
all the time. I, that every day I'm getting more and more. It's more dialed in. It's more, more in tune, praise God. Come on. So that it isn't just, just in my quiet time that I'm hearing God, but also in every day as you're moving along, hearing God, praise God, catching it every time He speaks. The Word even says you can get to the place. Here's what it says, that God, all He has to do is move His eyes. Which way should I go, Lord? Got it. So we say, oh, really? come on. I can look at my wife and know what she's thinking. Somebody says, well, I can't look at your wife. And know. But you can probably look at your spouse and know what they're thinking. You can know, look at your kid and go, I know exactly what they're thinking. Don't be thinking that. Right? Because you know. See, you can get to a place where you, you get so in tune with God that all God has to do is go, yes, sir, I'm on it. Well, anyway, that's a whole other sermon. But anyway, praise God. Give me the other one in Isaiah there. I thought this was kind of cool. Uh, I saw this uh, yesterday, and I just thought, this is awesome. He said, you have heard, uh, see all this, and will, and, and will you not declare it? I have made you hear, I love this, I have made you hear new things from this time, even hidden things, in other words, the secrets. And you did not know. You didn't know them before, but now you're knowing them. Why? Because God's telling you things. I just thought, let's claim that, right? I just thought I'd throw that one in there. That won't cost you anything. Claim that, right? There's, God's talking about new things. So I, I thought this is a good thing. There's new things. There's God wants to do some things. Okay, so I want to be in, I want to be in the know. God, what are you doing? What are you about to do? What are you going to do with me? What are you going to do here? What are you, what's going to happen? So God, amen, wants to speak things. Praise God. So I claim it. And I don't know if you want to, but I'm going to claim it. And if you don't want to claim it, I'll claim yours too. All right. You want it? All right. All right. So with that said, we'll shift gears just a little bit. I want to talk about this thing about following or, or being obedient when God does speak. Okay. So give me Isaiah 1, since we're in Isaiah. Let's look at that. Isaiah 1, 19 says this. I love this. If you are willing and obedient... You shall eat the good of the land. That literally means you're going to partake of the best land, partake of what's there. But if you refuse and rebel, in other words, you don't grab hold of it, what's going to happen? Well, you're going to be devoured by the sword. Now, that literally means a sword also, but it refers to drought. It uses the, uh, when you look it up, it refused, uh, refers to drought also. I thought, huh. So in other words, if you don't want to live in drought in your life, uh, follow God. Don't refuse Him when He talks. Amen. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it, praise God. We'll go back to verse 19 again. If you're willing and obedient. Now, that, obviously, there's, there's a key there. Um, probably won't spend a lot of time on that, but, uh, but there is a key of being willing and obedient. Come on. Come on, willing and obedient. You know, you could be willing and not obedient. Remember, remember, the, remember the boys at the garden? Uh, you know, Jesus even says, you know, you know, you know. You know, you're going you're gonna to deny me when the rooster crows three times. You, you'll deny me three times. And he said, he said ah, that ain't going to happen. And he's talking to me. You know, he said this. He said, you, you, you got a willing spirit. But your flesh is weak, dude. So a lot of times it's the same with us. We, we, people like that. we we got a willing spirit. I want to live for God. I want to love God. I want to go all the way with God. Go with God. Go with God. Go, go, go. And then here comes the pressure. Oh, my gosh, I'm running. Ah! Right? I thought you were the guy that just said, I'm going to serve God, love God, go with God. Hey, hey, hey. 
Well, the pressure's on. Leave me alone. Stop judging me. See, the flesh is, I mean, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak sometimes. So there, you can be willing and not be obedient. Or you can, you can be not willing and be obedient. <laughs> A lot of that goes on. I'll tell you one thing. I'll go do it, but I don't want to do it. Make me do everything. I'll do everything. I'll tell you what. But I'll do it. Oh, I just feel so warm and fuzzy. Right? Huh? So you could be, you could be obedient and not be willing. So it, it pays to be willing and obedient. And if you're, if you're not really hooking up with both, step back for a second. Get yourself anchored. Amen. And get your heart right. Come on, somebody. And be willing and obedient. Why? Because that abundant life is waiting for you. You can eat the good of the land. Give me another one. Let's see. Um, what did I give you? Proverbs. There you go. I love this. Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 1 kind of really, in a sense, kind of gives you in a nutshell everything it starts talking through the, the next you know, 30 chapters. And so here's how it comes down to this. Whoever listens to me, <laughs> this is simple. Whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. You mean we could have that? Absolutely. But you're going to have to listen. And then you're going to have to follow it. Wisdom is all about how to apply the everyday information that comes in. Wisdom comes on the scene, leads you, guides you, and directs you. Do this, don't do that. Say this, don't say that. Simple. Simple stuff. None of it's complicated. But you have to hear it, and you got to follow it. What will happen? Well, you'll dwell safely. And you'll be secure without fear of evil. Why? Well, just by listening. And in the context, he's talking about listening and doing it. Praise God. Give me another one. Let's try another one here. Job 36. This is Elihu's talking here. All right? Elihu um, sitting around. He's, oh, he's actually sitting here watching um, Job and some of his friends sitting around the fire and they're talking. And they're all giving their opinions, all giving what they think about all this thing that happened to Job. Everybody's giving their opinion about God and what God does and God will do and will not do and why all this happened to Job. Blah, 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 blah. Elihu, the young man in the group, is listening to all these guys talk, finally gets fed up with it. He goes, hey, enough is enough. This man is my hero. I will get to meet him one day, shake his hand. Amen. I love this guy. Elihu's cool. So Elihu goes on talking for six chapters. He starts saying, listen, you guys have done all this talking. You got nowhere. You're saying this, you're saying that, and really it's, it's just foolish. He says, but you know something? I might be the youngest guy in the group, but the Spirit of God speaks to me and the Spirit of God breathes in me. And I'm going to tell you what, he showed me something, and I'm going to tell you a few things. And he goes on to tell a few things. And one of those statements he makes is this. He said, if you obey and serve him, he says, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. In other words, talk about a 401k plan. Well, how? I mean, what about, oh, what a, obey and serve. Just follow God, man. Follow God. What will happen? Well, your days will be in prosperity. And by the way, the word prosperity means just that. Talking about, talking about substance, natural substance will come to your life. 
and there, and also years of pleasures. I'll take that any day. Some people want to badmouth it or talk ugly about it. If you don't want yours, send it my way. I'll take it. I don't mind having days of prosperity and years of pleasures. Doesn't bother me a bit. God's offering, I'll take it. I said, God's offering, I'll take it. But he said, Jerry, if you want this, here's the deal, dude. You're going to have to hear and you have to follow. You have to stick with this thing. Amen. So when I lead you, you're going to have to follow it. You're going to have to hear it and you're going to have to obey it. Are you still with me? All right, let's, let's, try, uh, let's try this other one, Deuteronomy. Give me the one, Deuteronomy. Uh, I can't read the whole chapter here, uh, or at least the first few verses or whatever, but um, first, I guess, 14 or 15 verses talks about the blessing. Uh, but he says this. Here's the key to the blessing. Here's the key to the blessing. Remember, you kind of see the thread of this? Amen. Hear and follow. What happens? Life gets good. You don't hear, you don't follow, life can get pretty rotten pretty quick. Right, let's try it one more time. God good. Devil bad. God, good. devil. Bad. God always does good. Come on. Devil always does bad. God's always trying to help. Devil's always trying to destroy. God's always trying to give. Devil's always trying to take. So if we're not going to follow the one that gives, helps, and blesses, what do you think's left? So all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. How? How did I get that to happen? Well, it's because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Well, if God tells me to, we, we all, you start going, well, if God tells me to go to Timbuktu, no, he's, it's probably going to be more like, um, you know, that thing you did to your neighbor? Go apologize. Oh, how can you always make me apologize? How come I'm always the one that has to go make it right? Because you're the one that wants to live in the blessing. They don't care about the blessing. They know nothing about the blessing unless you tell them. But they don't want the blessing. They don't care. They want life as the way it is for everybody else and struggle and strain and grope. And, uh, or you can live in the blessing. So right now I'm asking, go apologize. Go make that right. Or I'm asking, please shut thy mouth. Please. Please, but I, I, please, do you want your marriage to work? Yeah, shut up, please, please, trying to help you, son, please. You, you want that thing to work? You want that thing to happen? Then don't stand there, move over here. Thank you, now wait. Wait. Okay. Oh, here comes ravens. Oh. oh, look at the big birds. Oh, it's like a Hitchcock movie. Ah, yeah. oh, here they. Ah, oh, cool. Oh, there they go. Oh, bacon. Oh, taters. Oh, hotcakes. Or you could have been over here. Ah. How come I'm... God, 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 I'm over here. Not over there. I'm over here. God, 
God! God! Is, is God mean? Is God evil? No, God gave instruction. You wouldn't follow. God says, go there. Thank you. Life just got better. It didn't even take long. Well, are you bored? Oh. We'll do one last, one last text. Give me the first Samuel. And I don't want to really end on a negative note. Really, but... Samuel says to, to Saul, King Saul, Has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? In other words, God ain't interested in your sacrifices in your burnt offerings. I don't need all that. You know, if you, you know, if you just do what you're asked to do, you wouldn't have to offer up so many sacrifices and burnt offerings. Do you know, if we were still doing that, none of us would have pets. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, we would, we'd never have to, we'd have no need for 4-H. Just saying, just a thought I'm having, okay? I'm just saying, because none of we'd just be going through the animals left and right. And whew. So praise the Lord, we're in a different day, right? But anyway, he's telling Saul, listen, Saul, I don't need all your burnt offerings and, you know, your sacrifices. He said, I'd rather you just obey when I talk to you, okay? He said, behold, obedience, right, or obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed, in other words, to give heed to what he says, than the fat of rams. I don't, I don't, I don't need, I, I'm not looking for everybody to just keep offering up sacrifice. I'd rather just follow when I lead. But see, this is what we do. We go along, we, well, I know I should have done that, but I wasn't. But God, I'll tell you what, I'll go to church for the next two weeks to make up for that. God says, I ain't looking for some sacrifice. How about just follow? I'm trying to move you toward the blessing. I'm trying to move you toward abundant life. I'm trying to move you toward restoration of all things. And you won't give me heed. You will not follow and I lead. And then you wonder why the book don't work. And it's in the simple things. It's never complicated. Verse 23. Because this, whew, for rebellion... Gosh, I shouldn't close with this one. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you've rejected the word of the Lord, He also has now rejected you from being king. He lost his kingship. He knew what he was supposed to do, and he didn't do it. And so, he makes it be clear. Rebellion is no different than, than witchcraft. Why? Because you're all about, you know, manipulating everything, doing things your own way. Trying to, you know, fosse fosse one, fosse fosse two, trying to, you know, sleight of hand and smoke and mirrors and everything, thinking God doesn't know. And God knows. It was a simple instruction. Shut your mouth. 
Nothing hard about that. But you had to go say it anyway. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Well, you know, it's just who I am. And that makes it right? Your stubbornness isn't, well, you know, God understands. If you put that in a new, listen, remember, Hebrews 12, New Covenant. He said, the same God that talked to all these guys, the same God talks to you. And the same results they get is the same results you get. If you follow it, you get the blessing. You don't, trouble ahead, period. Because he knows what's ahead. So, is it okay to bow to idols? Well, I think Keith Moore said, well, you know, just a couple of them. It's not a big deal. It's just a couple. Is that okay? Is it, is it ever okay? Is iniquity, okay, the word iniquity is just another name of probably saying sin, okay? okay? Is iniquity okay ever? Well, he thinks, see, he compares stubbornness with iniquity and idolatry. Isn't that wild? But when you really stop and you think about it, it really isn't different. Because it's all about, that's what I want to do, bless God, that's what I'm going to do. It's all about you. This is my life, and I'm going to live my life the way I want to live my life. Okay. Have fun. Because it probably won't be. When you reject the word of the Lord, what happens is the life that you're called to, you're no longer experiencing it. Because you were all about you. Let's get past this negative part. Oh, it just weighs so heavy on me. Look at your neighbor and say, let's hear and obey. Hear and obey. Hear and obey. Hear and follow. Listen and do what he asks. Give heed to what he say and walk it out. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, you can do this. Amen. It pays to do this. Amen. Did you get something today? Come on, give the Lord a praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Watch y'all stand up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Woo! Positioning ourselves. Positioning ourselves. That's what we're doing every day, just positioning ourselves, taking a step as He leads. Amen. You're positioning yourself for what? For a breakthrough, for a miracle, for, for restoration. Amen. For things to happen that, that are beyond anything. The Word says He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could even ask or think. I, I like that. Come on, somebody. Anybody else with me? So I'm positioning myself for that. Anybody else with me on that one? Hallelujah. All right. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you so much for this people that had ears to hear today and a heart to receive it. And thank you for opening the eyes of understanding. We can see this thing a little bit clearer. See it from your perspective. You are good. You never steer us wrong. You're so good. (laughs) You want nothing but good for us. You would never steer us wrong. So, Father, I thank you for a will that's yielded and submitted to you. Lead and we'll follow. 
And I believe it's not just a willing spirit, but also I believe our soul, our flesh, our will are just as locked on and just as obedient. And for that, I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.